Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome into a new edition of the Wishbone Shotgun Podcast, part of the Sports Insanity Network. I'm your host, Mike Griffin, joined as always by Noah Trombley, Adam Reeder, and Tom Research. Gentlemen, it's been a while. What's going on? Not too much. We are, what, a month away from season, really? We are, we are counting down, and we are watching. Training camp starts essentially in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, everyone here, everyone here has been vigorously uh, watching training camp and mini camp highlights like the sickos we are. <laughs> so that's like me watching the Artemi Panarin game seven goal against Pittsburgh on a loop for a while. <laughs> or essentially well, on actually, the same wavelength. It's part of that year where we're deep into summer and all is that's on is baseball. But the good news is the Mets are good, so... <laughs> <laughs> So it's, you know, it's fun it's to true. watch. They haven't so is a- the other New York team. They have it to be pretty good. Not liking football. Oh, we <laughs> did not talk this before the show, but did you guys watch the USFL championship? I, I saw not. bits and pieces of it. I won't lie. It was a, it was a very good game. Once, the general, good. Uh, once my team lost, I was done. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> so um, I, I, I give a, just a quick, thing in the league i watched pretty much every game honestly because i i watched it on the dvr honestly i watched it on youtube tv i just saved all the games and and watched them later pretty much i mean all of it was all of it was entertaining like all of good football like, there were only there were only like a handful of bad games the entire season and they all involved pittsburgh because like he was Jeff pretty Fisher well coached no pittsburgh was the one with kirby wilson but that was the only team I think that just just was not entertaining. Was a complete dumpster fire, and everything else was competitive and 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 fun. So, but they did they did a good job of the season. It's just it's I the only thing just going forward is is whether they can get more fans in the building and travel around because that was kind of what hindered the league because the fans only showed up for the Birmingham team, mm-hmm. and didn't they play most? To the games in Birmingham afterwards? Every single game except for the, the championships. Yeah. So you're kind of you're kind of having that's the writing on the wall there. You, you just well, that of... was right. And that, that's the difference between the XFL because the XFL, like it when when we watched it a couple of years ago, like they had really good attendance in, in Washington, DC and in in Seattle and all these places. And then then they would go to these dud markets. Like they'd go to they'd go to LA and they'd go to New York and they just didn't get fans in the building. So well, like when you've got two teams in those cities already, no one's gonna really but, care. But there's that's that's the difference. It's like whether you can get fans in the building and whether you can have a fun game. And like I think all of these leagues have 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 at least done football right and have made good football. It's just what can mm-hmm. they do to separate themselves going forward. So come the arena league and do that again. I did. I stopped watching the fan control league though. So uh, I watched about two weeks. <laughs> Dude, how's TO ever going to make more money? He got traded mid season. Yeah. He got traded to Manziel, didn't he? he? I don't know. He got traded to the, one of those stupid Bitcoin team, not Bitcoin NFT teams. Oh God. <laughs> um, well, yeah. speaking of trade, let's move on because I don't want to talk about wait, it. The fans controlled the trades too. I wonder. <laughs> I just wonder, and then we can move on. I wonder if he held a press conference again. 
that that was my quarterback, man. That was my quarterback. Yeah. Oh. All right. Uh, All right. No, alluded it. Alluded to it. We start with news of a trade that occurred probably about a little bit more than a week ago. Baker Mayfield is no longer a member of the Progressive Insurance fan club. He is out at Progressive. He is also out of Cleveland. He's been traded to the Carolina Panthers in exchange for a conditional draft pick, and the condition basically is all about playing time for him. So Baker out in Cleveland going to Carolina, where, to quote the Carolina Panthers, he will compete with Sam Darnold for the starting quarterback job. So the interpretation to that is if Sam Darnold is still seeing ghosts, for the third straight year, <laughs> Baker Mayfield is going to start for the Cleveland uh, for Carolina Week One against the Cleveland Browns while being paid by the Cleveland Browns while being paid by Cleveland. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Cleveland, you're really returning to your roots of being such an embarrassment. Oh world. God, we'll get to for that. a few seasons. We really thought it, they were not going to be such a big embarrassment. It was a great team. Maybe they'll still be decent, but oh man. I mean, yeah, it's it's. Who knows what Cleveland's going to become? But I mean, this, I, I think I texted Adam. I think I texted you about this. I mean, as far as a trade breakdown, this is an absolute, this is absolute robbery by, by Carolina. A fifth round pick for arguably, a, you could say, a, maybe a top 15 quarterback in the league. This is the number one pick from three years ago. Still, yeah. Like. And you got him for a fifth. And I mean, we, I don't think anyone, even on the show, like, we're not saying Baker's the best quarterback in the in the world, but like he's decent, he's yeah. good. Well, look at look at the yeah. value in these trades. One of them, they like 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 they they got him for a fifth round pick, and they just had to like be patient and and watch the waters and and all this stuff. They last year this they actually did learn their lesson because last year. They were the team that with, with the hot trigger. They were the team that made the Carson Wentz level trade and went and got Darnold for a, for a pretty high pick and paid the and ate the money too. So like they were the over ambitious team last year. This year they were patient. They did it right and they got even if even if they don't love him, he's still but he's an upgrade and he's cheap. And because they're not really going to pay him this year, they're not really tied to him after this year either. What's a fifth round pick? Nothing yeah. in this. This case, like you know, and they're not tied to either guy next year, Baker right. and Darnold. So who who, who knows what yeah. happens there? So, but if Baker plays well, this is a, I think this is actually a perfect spot for him for a few reasons. One, the expectation in Cleveland. I think the expectation of a, after a couple of years ago was okay, this team is ready to go on a Super Bowl run. And give or take whatever you want, they weren't. I still don't think they are. You go to Carolina where the expectation is, okay, maybe we could be a wild card team in the NFC if if things break the right way. But McCaffrey has to be healthy. I've got a pretty good receiving core in DJ Moore. 
and Robbie Anderson if he wants to play with Baker Mayfield, especially after the Instagram posts. <laughs> uh, I get to play for a coach in Matt Rule who, let's be fair, is on his last legs in Carolina too. And a, pre- and a defense that has a lot of upside to it. Mm-hmm. So there's that advantage to being in Carolina. The other part is, you, you know you know going into the year, Carolina's not winning the division. No. They're not. So, <clears throat> so it's wild card or, or miss the playoffs. In Cleveland, I think the standard would have been this year, argument's sake, win the division. Yeah. So the expectations are lowered. And I think he could excel. He won't have to deal with drama from Odell Beckham Jr. He won't have to deal with with Miles Garrett swinging a helmet at Mason Rudolph. (laughs) You know, his shoulder, hopefully for his sake, is 100%. The distractions are all gone. Now he's in Carolina. Well, even like even add to your point of looking around the division, like like I think that division is honestly once Brady retires again, it's probably wide open again. It's, I mean, yeah. it's probably and 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 you're talking about, I mean, in in the AFC North, you're talking about whoever Pittsburgh has. That's the probably the lower spot right now. But then you got you got Burrow and Lamar in your division that are both going to be making comparable contracts, and both are insane. And then. Versus the NFC South, where your your competition looking around the division, it's whoever the Bucks get to replace Brady. It's who it's Desmond Ritter or Marcus Mariota or whatever that turns out to be, and it's Jameis Winston right now. Like you can be you can be the best of those guys. Yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, when we thought Brady was retired, we thought this was pretty wide open, right? Yeah, Except yeah. For yeah. The Panthers. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, I'll echo what Noah said. It's definitely highway robbery because you're getting a quarterback that's better than anyone you've had since, what, Cam Newton was good? <laughs> for yeah, a fifth round I'll go further. Jake DeLone. Yeah, wow. That's pretty far, but they might be right. <laughs> so, I mean, for a fifth-round pick, you're willing to do that. And I, I think Baker's going to be the starter. On, unless somehow maybe – Sam Donald, maybe they really think there's more to him, but probably not going to happen. Well, so I would say 95% chance it's Baker. And what's so good about this deal for Carolina is, like Mike said, they're not tied to either guy. They're not tied to Darnold, and they're not going to be tied to Baker after this year. So, but, but that leaves you with a lot of different roads you want to go down. Do you want to – if you finish badly, if, he, if both of them just suck – you can go ahead and draft a guy in this next class, which it's pretty loaded in quarterbacks. Next year is going to be pretty loaded with quarterbacks, but let's say Baker gets you to the wild card spot. All right. We'll give him a two year bridge deal and be like, here you go. We'll we'll pay you. Uh, we'll do a two year, $30 million contract, earn the big one. Yeah. And I think we've all said before that Baker Mayfield's bad moments where he played terribly. He was fighting off injury most of those times. So I give him more benefit of the doubt than a lot of people. You know what? And, you know uh, what? I think he's going to have – he's got stuff to work with there. Yeah, you know I mean, what Baker is to me right now? He's he's almost like what – kind of like what Eli Manning was back in the day. His, his highs would be so high, but then he would just have these incredible lows, and you'd be like, what? okay, I guess you're even, but it's like – one game he's throwing for four touchdowns and 400 yards. The next game he's throwing for three picks and 200 yards. It's like, okay. 
But mm-hmm. if you can get some stability out of him, that that's going to work out great in Carolina. And, and two yeah. two other things I want to mention on Baker. One is I don't think Carolina's season hinges on his arm. I think Carolina's season is more hinged to can Christian McCaffrey stay healthy. Yeah. And if Christian McCaffrey could stay healthy for them, then Baker doesn't have to do as much. He doesn't have to throw the ball 45 times. Yeah. Well, remember, you can allow him to throw the ball 30 times and you have some more balance to that offense. That's what made him successful two years ago in Cleveland. They were run based, but they were balanced at it. Yeah. They need that kind of situation in Carolina. The other part is this every year, someone goes down in camp. Every, every year, there is a quarterback who goes down in training camp. There will be a team out there. That says, you know what, for one year, we will take the Sam Darnold shot and see if we can catch lightning in a bottle. That team exists. I don't know who that team is currently, but that team definitely exists. Yeah, yeah, and just just think about, I mean, examples of that recently have have been like when, um, remember when Bridgewater went down, Sam Bradford was worth the first round pick because they needed the guy that minute. And even though, even though Sam Bradford was not proven at, at any stage other than potential throughout his life, they needed him that second to be ready to go. And, and, and the, um, the Vikings pulled the trigger and even, um, even a, a couple of years back, this also involves Bridgewater just by coincidence, Bridgewater was on the Jets and they traded him to the Saints for for like a third round pick just because they wanted another guy going into the season. They were not comfortable with the backup and they wanted a better plan. So like these trades do exist and and they have a weird, weirdly higher value than you'd expect. Yeah. Yeah, so, So we'll see what happens with Baker and Carolina. The irony of Carolina and Cleveland playing week one. It's too good. It's so much yeah. fun. They knew what they were doing. It's they all, knew. I had a feeling they knew, too. It's remember, too good to be. Last, last year, Darnold had to play against the Jets week one, and they that was just some random coincidence. And, and, and even this year also, yeah. you know what other game is week one? Russell Wilson goes to Seattle. Like, they knew. Oh, my God, that's knew. right. Well, they knew all of this. And that. That's the Monday night game week one. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's why it's 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 a single single game. It's not a double oh. header. So, so I all right. I'm not gonna speak speak. Oh man, it's someone signed Brett Favre who's going to Green Bay. The Brett Favre return number six has to happen. That's that's next on no, the no, no, no. Full circle. You were you signed Brett Favre to replace Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, full circle. The the Jets go to Green Bay at some point. The shoe Zach Wilson gets her Brett Favre played in Green Bay as a member of the Vikings. He never did it as a Jet. <laughs> never forget. And then Brett Favre. Tommy, you want Brett Favre for one more game? <laughs> What was that? You want Brett Favre for one more game? Oh, uh, sure. Why not? Oh, I thought you were gonna say <laughs> you're gonna say, and then uh, and then Zach Wilson looks up the up at the crowd and sees Brett Favre's mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Oh, I, 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 you know, I would have went wife there. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> Zach Wilson, the biggest bro ever to be in the NFL. <laughs> I don't know what you guys are talking about. He just a the real morning. life version of Stifler from the American Pop movie. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. That is who Zach Wilson is. <laughs> Things are crazy in Utah or wherever. <laughs> yeah. You know People are so crazy in Utah that they should just. I don't know. Their basketball team should just trade all their good players. Well, they're good. They're doing that. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So they're yeah. on. They're on the boat. Utah, there. if you're listening, and I know you are, make Donovan Mitchell a Nick. No, please. Boom. <laughs> you just say no. Yeah. No. Juan Soto a Mitt. No, I need Stephen A. Smith to be in pain the rest of his life, so the Knicks can never be good. I've <laughs> suffered enough. In my life, yeah, and Stephen A. Smith hasn't suffered enough. And listen, <laughs> he no, says he's not even watching this. He's not really. A the fan. Knicks will still suck because that's who they are. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Poor Knicks. So that that's it for the Baker Mayfield Zach Wilson Cougar talk. For the rest <laughs> of the show. Go Cougars. Oh, okay. BYU Cougars. Uh, Oh right? my god, I just realized that. Yeah, That's that is a, <laughs> another funny coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh my mouth hurts. Okay. All right, we're gonna talk about off-season moves, the best and the worst. I think we did the top three or five, do we say? We, I, we did three, except some of us cheated and did more. Okay. Okay, so we'll do the top three best and worst moves of the offseason. If you did more, we could talk about those afterwards. Uh, but, Tom, I'll, I'll start with you. Give me one of your best moves. All right. One of my best moves was the Devontae Adams deal going to the Raiders. I just mm. feel like anytime you can add – like a, the best wide receiver in the game to a team that's already, you know, was on the edge of competing pretty well last year. They're going for it all, and I think this is worth what they need to do because they lost out with the Henry Ruggs thing. We won't get into that. that that's a blow you got to think about. They needed wide receivers last year. That's what they needed. Uh, Hunter Renfro was great. The, he Him there with Devontae Adams, this team is really starting to solidify him. Raiders fans could use it, so I got Devontae Adams. I think that's one of the best moves, if not the best. All right. No, go ahead. One of your best. All right. Uh, one of my one of my best offseason moves, kind of a collection of moves, but they kind of all did the same thing, and that's the Cincinnati Bengals rebuilding their offensive line. Uh, you know, we, we looked at this team last year, and we know that the skill players are unreal. Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, um, uh, Tyler Boyd, um, they're just all phenomenal. Joe Burrow is going to be a top five quarterback in this league if he's not already, um, in most people's opinions. The defense played much better than it had any right to be. Trent uh, Hendrickson was a great free agent signing last year. He had, what, 
15 and a half sacks. 15 and a half, I believe. So he was great. Jesse Bates played great. The, you know, they got great production out of some of their corners. It, It was just great. But their one caveat, their one thing that held them back was the offensive line. So what do they do? They spend, I think, what was it, like $50 million a year on the offensive line. They bring in Karras, Kappa, and Lyle uh, Collins. 14 sacks for Hendrickson last 14. year. Still 14, though. That's almost a sack a game. Yeah. Um, so, but they bring in Kappa, Karras, and Lyle Collins. They rebuild the entire line with some of the best offensive line that were available this offseason. And so now, I mean, we said, I mean, I think we, we could all say it that look at that. Look at the very last play of the Super Bowl. Jamar Chase is wide open. He beats Jalen Ramsey. If Joe Burrow has an extra second, the game's over and Cincinnati wins his first Super Bowl. Now they have an offensive line. So you have a team that went to the Super Bowl and just got better. So, so yeah, definitely. I would say the Cincinnati Bengals rebuilding their offensive line. Just to piggyback off that. Cause I have, that was one of my two. Um, Burrow was sacked, I think, an NFL record 70 times. Yeah. And then it was an NFL record in the Super Bowl with seven sacks for the Rams. He got sacked nine times in that in that Tennessee game. Yeah, yeah. He, he was a, a he was on his back a lot. So good on the Bengals for, for doing that. Uh Adam, your your first best, your first best move. All right, my first best move, uh, I just got to bring you guys back to um, the team that has been drafting the worst at the quarterback position of the last 10 years since a certain someone retired and went in the Hall of Fame recently. Um, the Broncos have drafted Brock Osweiler, Trevor Simeon. They've, they've signed people, Case Keenum. They've signed um, They've signed Bridgewater. They, they all these band-aids over the last they drafted Paxton Lynch like all these band-aids they've tried to just fill this spot with while building a good roster around the rest of the team and we think we all think that the, the Broncos have been a pretty good roster they, the defense has been good they've been drafting good skill positions lately with Javante Williams J- Jerry Judy like they actually have pieces around this team they're just a quarterback away um so what I just loved this offseason was they were just ready to rip this Band-Aid off as hard as they possibly could and as fast as they possibly could. They wanted either Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers, and they were going to swing big at both of them, and, it, and damn, they got one of them. And, and, and a lot of other teams, I feel like, are kicking themselves because it's a big price to pay, and they, they traded Noah Fant, and they traded, like, um, a couple pretty – I think it was two first, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, two first, Drew Locke, and Drew Noah Fan, Shelby Harris. Right. So, like, it was a it was a big price to pay, and he's not locked up long term. But this is the ultimate freaking move to be this roster we built is Super Bowl ready and as good as it was. Again, you know. So I, I just I love the fact that they are committed to be let's be competitive again whereas we could be the best team in the division we can go from worst to first like like some of these other teams and like i said i mean there's teams that are kicking themselves for not pulling this off i think there's there's a lot of teams in the league that would have traded for russell wilson had had the had it been more vocal that he was available 
Yeah, because we there were a lot of conflicting reports. I remember of like he is available. No, he's not. Yeah, he is. It's like okay, was what is he? Yeah. Well, I think it came out because it was reported that the commanders had made an offer of two or three first round picks and one of their young defensive ends, I believe. And Seattle said, no, we're not going to do that, mainly because they wanted to trade him out of the conference. So Remember, I there think was Seattle was willing to listen to AFC teams. Yeah. Well, there was that rumor last year that, that we got shut down on that was like the Bears. They were going to – they wanted – they were willing yeah. to offer like three firsts and real Mac or something. <laughs> well, then we had that – there was the Browns one, right? Probably, yeah. Wasn't there like a Browns one where they're going to offer like, I, I, three I first-round picks and like – yeah, someone else, some for all for. Yeah, but anyway, it was just the the fact that they did that is I like it. I, it just they needed to do something like that, and they did it. They did it perfectly. Hmm. All right, Tom, you're next. Best move. All right, my next best move is also concerning wide receiver, and it's uh, the Eagles getting AJ Brown. Because I think that A.J. Brown is kind of what is needed to really figure out the deal with Jalen Hurts. Like, this is like how we're going to measure if Jalen Hurts is the quarterback of the future. Give him A.J. Brown instead of Quez Watkins and uh, whoever the hell they had, you know. Like, this is kind of the next big step in their, uh, for their franchise. And the fact is that their division's kind of winnable. I like the Cowboys a lot, but anything can happen in that division and anything can happen when you can beat up on uh, some bad teams. So Mm -hmm. I think the Eagles, this was like a necessary step for them to really move on because if you keep sticking Jalen hurts with, I know he's got a good uh, Dallas Goddard is good, uh, but if you keep sticking him with, you know, mediocre parts, you're not going to really know what his deal is. And the Eagles need to find out because I think it's still up in the air, whether Jalen hurts is the guy they're going to commit to for the long term. And uh, I think adding A.J. Brown puts them from, like, a team that uh, they could win the NFC East to they're going to really uh, compete, compete the NFC East now and uh, actually kind of go go after the Cowboys, who, who know, maybe, they're, maybe they'll be more vulnerable this year. So I just think this was, like, a really solid move that had to be done, and uh, the price wasn't too crazy. And the Titans, we'll talk, I'll talk about them a little bit later. All right. No. All right. Um, I'll piggyback kind of off Tom's thing because this is another kind of same situation, except in the AFC. It's about getting an all-star wide receiver that can help a young quarterback prove himself. And that's Tyreek Hill going to the Miami Dolphins. You know, it this the pressure's on Tua now. He needs to perform because you go out and you get arguably top three. I mean, I don't think anyone can argue he's not top three receiver in the league. You put him on a team that, you know, has some good pieces. You know, they add Raheem Mozart. They add um, – oh, who was the who was the other running back they added? It was Chase Mozart. Chase Edmonds. Chase Edmonds. You know, Tua – it all falls on Tua. The defense is ready to go. Um, so, this all falls on Tua. But you can't say that they did not give him a amazing shot to prove himself when you go get a top three receiver in the league, a Tyreek Hill. Just get the ball to Tyreek, and you know you'll succeed. So you pair him with Mike Gusecki, um, and I believe Waddle. that he – what's that? Oh, Waddle. Waddle. Yeah, with well, Jalen Waddle. 
you pair him with those guys, yeah, it's, it's a great move because it, it just goes up to two and say, you need to prove yourself now because we have given you the best chance of anybody or one of the best chances of anybody in the league. Okay. Adam? Uh, my next one is about the uh, – it's from the Chargers' perspective – Going to get Khalil Mack for like basically nothing is ridiculous. I mean, it was it was complete right place at the right time. The Bears needed to offload some money, and for some reason weren't didn't want to even a first round pick back, even though they traded for him for two first round picks like only three years ago. Um, but mm-hmm. them having them adding him and then also just adding to the defense. I mean that defense was good and now it's now it's ridiculous again um but that's just like one of those unfair pieces <laughs> that 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 moved around and and is in place for this season you know what's no, I, great? I, go ahead no i would say like now that i'm remembering all the afc west moves like there's a lot more good moves we could talk about yeah <laughs> yeah I, I mean with the churches you could even bring up the jason Jackson signing, you know, there, there's yep. so much. But to piggyback off Adam, I didn't go Khalil Mack, but <clears throat> I went to an AFC team that went with a go to go get a pass rusher too and really swing for the fences, and that's the Bills signing Von Miller. Yeah. Because I I don't even think it's a weakness, as I think the Bills were right outside the top ten in sacks anyway last year. But this is Von Miller is still the guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went to the Rams and he was like, dude, I'm going to prove everyone I've still got got it. And he was great for the Rams in the regular season and he was great for the Rams in the playoffs. And that earned him big money from the Bills who, you know, let's face it, it's it's now time to say it's Super Bowl or bust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They go out, they get probably the best pass rusher on the market to go go get Mahomes, go get Justin Herbert, go get Lamar, and Von Miller's worth it. So Von Miller to the Bills, that, that was probably my favorite move of the whole offseason. Yeah, I'll, I'll just jump in. All right, that. Tom, your I'll, last I'll, or your next best move. Wait, what? All right. No, I was just going to say I, I, that was on my list, too. I just lumped it in with Chandler Jones, too, just because oh, they were okay. they were given almost the same contract. But, the di- I mean, mm. one is one is the Raiders are doing him and Adams to vault up to the next level, and the Bills are doing that to win the Super Bowl. And right. one year and, – and, and, and just to, to piggyback on what you said, it's just this was the number one ranked defense in the league last year. Yeah, and now you're, now you're adding this freak. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 crazy. Like, when does when does this ever happen? Yeah, and well, and, and just want to. This is on my list, but to talk about the Chandler Jones one, Adam, you talked about like Chandler Jones. You know, he brings that defense in in Las Vegas. I mean, they go from oh they're going to get smoked now by these quarterbacks to oh they they can get after them now. Yep, and then that. That enables them to flip Yannick Ngakwe for Rock Yassin, which, by the way, there is not a better cornerback name in the league Rock than Yassin. Rock Yassin. 
especially playing for the Raiders, it's Rocky Sin City. Mm-hmm. But, you know, digress. Uh, Tom, it's next. All right, so my last one also has to do with wide receivers here. And it's the kind of the inverse of A.J. Brown to the Eagles. It's the fact that the Titans ended up with Robert Woods and drafted Traylon Burks that, like, I feel like they should have gotten a lot worse, the fact that they are, don't have A.J. Brown. But the fact that they were able to kind of replace him with a guy that I like coming out of college, uh, Traylon Burks, and Robert Woods, who I think is a great wide receiver, I'm almost not as worried about them. And they're another division that's, you know, that's winnable. So you shouldn't take your foot, you know, off the gas pedal. I mean, I know the Colts are a good team, but they could be beaten. So I'm glad that they didn't, you know, give in and they have managed to grab Robert Woods. And I think Traylon Burks, I just think it's going to work. And that offense is going to, you know, not really miss out too much, even losing A.J. Brown to the Eagles. Like, I think it's going to just keep moving, you know, pretty well oiled. Uh, so I'm just impressed that, that they were able to kind of, you know, for losing their best wide receiver, I'm not that worried about them. And I consider them getting Woods one of the better moves of the offseason because they knew what was coming. Mm-hmm. No. Um, I'm going to have one more after this, so I will go after Adam goes uh, okay. with his extras. But I just want to say this one. Uh, I think – and I think this might be my favorite of the offseason. It's somehow – the Indianapolis Colts flipping Carson Wentz and getting Matt Ryan. You trade Carson Wentz to the Washington Commanders, and then you trade for Matt Ryan. How, how did they pull that off? Like, I just still don't understand how they pulled that off. But you go from Carson Wentz to Matt Ryan. I mean, Matt Ryan, you know, we've all said, I think we all admitted that he's probably one of the better quarterbacks in the league. Probably top 10. I think you could make that argument he's top 10. And now he goes to a team that has a great offensive line, a great run game, some decent receivers, a great defense, a great head coach, a great atmosphere, a, you know, just everything that the Atlanta Falcons are not. And the, the Colts get a veteran presence that won't make dumb mistakes. He's not going to be this, you know, He's a gunslinger, but he knows how to get the ball efficiently to his weapons. So you put a guy like that on a team that is primarily running the ball with Jonathan Taylor, It's I think it's a match made in heaven. And, again, it's all about that whole process. Be able to trade Carson Wentz, get rid of the entire contract. I'll get to that trade when we get in a little bit. And then turn around and get Matt Ryan from the Falcons. It's Demi that that might have been my favorite – double move of the offseason. Adam. All right. Uh mine this the next one is not a I know it's gonna work kind of thing, but it's my favorite move for a couple of reasons. Well not my favorite move, but this is my favorite like personnel related move that's not player specific, but I'll get into that. The Jaguars going from Urban Meyer to Doug Peterson was mm was perfect like it was just the perfect person to pick it's a person that had that, that obviously built built the team themselves five years ago has a Super Bowl pedigree has been has been with young quarterbacks before and it's the complete opposite of what you just dealt with with Urban Meyer like 
just like I mean, there's one side of like of of calling BS and and not knowing what you're doing, and then there's another side of calling BS and actually really knowing what you're doing and being a good coach. And and I've always thought Peterson was was a good was like a good option for for a lot of teams that just needed like some regrouping. And Jaguars that and and and. We know we we laugh about some of the contract prices that they paid, except they're a team that needed to pay some of these. And um, but I think that they had a pretty good off season, uh, all things considered. Especially they're going to take a huge improvement just from that alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and Peterson's going to help Lawrence take the next step, and that's really all that matters. Yeah, that's that's why you invest in. Invest in Peterson because that's what you want. You took. Lawrence, number one overall. You, for some reason, thought hiring Urban Meyer would be good for business. It was arguably the dumbest thing you could have done, especially when you see all the reports that are still kind of filing out on Urban Meyer. But, you know, Doug Pearson's won a Super Bowl. He knows what he's doing. So, you're right. That's a great hire. Um, For me, I, I... I'm going to go with something Tom talked about earlier, the A.J. Brown deal for the Eagles. You're right in the sense of this is prove it for Jalen Hurts. But I think it's also – I think the Eagles can now say, hey, we have Devontae Smith, we have A.J. Brown, we have Dallas Goddard. Um, we have a million running backs. So if Jalen Hurts doesn't pan out, you become a destination for where a quarterback who may be unhappy wants to go because now you have some weaponry and be like, okay, I would go to Philly right now to throw to A.J. Brown. I would, And you're right in the sense that their only target is the Dallas Cowboys. That's the only team they have to be afraid of. The, the Giants are, aren't any good, and who knows what the commanders are going to be because they have a terrible name. Hmm. But, you know, so <laughs> I like the A.J. Brown deal as well. Uh, Commanders, what a stupid name. Yeah. yeah. All right. Go ahead, Noah. You, yeah, you, I, just, well, you, I had one more that I wanted you were gonna to say about. something. Um, okay. And I wanted to give a shout-out to – I just don't know how they do it, the Los Angeles Rams. You Of St. Louis. Of St. Louis. You lose Von Miller to the Buffalo Bills – and you lose Odell Beckham due to injury. So Odell's not coming back until what? At least like week 10 at this point. Well, we don't even know if he's going to be playing for the Rams. Yeah, we don't know if he's going to play for the Rams. So you lose Odell Beckham and you lose Von Miller. Okay, that's cool. We'll just go get Bobby Wagner to replace Miller and we'll go get Allen Robinson to replace Odell. How? Yep. How do you lose two of your most important pieces and you just get the basically get to replace them? You get a great middle linebacker who might not be on Von Miller's level, but is damn close to it. Hall of Fame worthy. And what? Bobby Wagner, Hall of Fame worthy. Yeah. And then you go get Allen Robinson, who did have a great year in Chicago, but he's got so a lot of potential. Yeah. So it's like you lose two great pieces and you just get two great pieces back. It's like, I don't know how they did it. I don't know how they did it, but they did it. So I got to 
because Les need said f them picks and f that money. We're gonna spend it all at the club. Yep. And they they got two great pieces to replace two great pieces. So yeah, all right. Those were favorite moves of the offseason. Let's flip side it to the worst. Uh, I'll start, and it's the Seahawks for not flipping Russell Wolves because I think it's it's the right call, but for not having a real backup plan here. You're going into the season with Geno Smith and Drew Locke. (laughs) That is how we say in English, not very good. Geno Smith hasn't been relevant since IK punched him in in the mouth. Drew Locke hasn't been relevant since the U.S. Open tweeted about him. And then, you know, people start getting insulted by that. But Drew Locke also stinks. So for a team that also has to re-sign DK Metcalf, for a team that also has Tyler Lockett, just signed Jamal Adams to a major deal, the Seattle Seahawks have a major identity crisis that they have no idea what's going on. And it's the first time in a long time I think you could say that about the Seattle Seahawks. Hey, t- Tom, I don't know why you're smiling. You don't have their first round pick again next year. <laughs> oh, I thought it was three. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right, Tom, you want to go ahead? Yes. And there's like two major worst moves of the offseason. I really want to uh, have here. I don't even know which one to start with. I'm sure we're all going to mention it. But let's start off with uh, the Cleveland Browns and what they did at quarterback this offseason. And uh, the fact of the matter is, (laughs) well, I don't know if you've been reading the news. (laughs) They gave how much money guaranteed? I actually don't have the number on me to a guy that. $256 million. Yes. So they gave $256 million guaranteed to a guy that half the fan base probably hates and doesn't want to root for. And uh, it's already kind of fallen all over them, I feel like. And we don't know what's going to happen. Maybe Deshaun Watson only gets suspended for eight games. Maybe he comes back. Maybe the Browns really are good. So I can't say it's the worst move in history yet. But it has the potential at this point to be the worst move possibly in history because of just how much guarantee money they gave a guy with such an uncertain future. And the fact of the matter is, I think at least half the families, maybe less, maybe more, don't want anything to do with this. And even if they succeed, it just feels like they, they went down the wrong path. And it, To me, I, it looks like the situation kind of gets worse by the day. And now he's planning to sue, you know, the NFL or, we hear all these things and I'm sure we're going to talk about it once more once an actual suspension gets handed down, but it already seems like a mess that that was not worth being a part of, or you could have gone so many other directions and avoided this whole circus show. just doesn't seem like it's going to be worth it unless you somehow win a ring. And that's no given whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And the other part to that deal was remember, they did not talk to any of the women before making this deal. They just said, Screw it, we're going to make the deal no matter what, essentially. Yeah, yeah they were looking for an adult. So, at quarterback. Yeah, yeah, Baker's yeah, not that, adult. That, that was their verbiage, you're right. Hey, hey, don't, don't worry, he's, he's, he's handling all the cases like an adult. 
by throwing a fit that he's going to sue the NFL. That's an adult thing. Sue is only a thing an adult can do. Hey, I've never seen a child sue anybody. Exactly. It's only a thing thing an adult can do. (laughs) Okay, let's just dive into that quickly because I'm sure someone else has the Watson deal on their list. Something. So there's a report. Go ahead, Adam. No, no. I, well, do you want me to do mine thing? Because I had something related to it, too. Okay. Okay, so that being said, there's a report out that if Deshaun Watson gets suspended for the season, he and the Players Association plan to sue the NFL. For what, I have no idea. There are two, two methods to this. Now they're saying there could be between two and eight. Other yeah, people are that, saying it could be the season. The report that I saw... I saw the report of the two to eight games, and that's from Mike Florio, that he expects it to only be two to eight games. And, and Florio may have heard something. I'm not putting down pro football talk at all. Shout out Florio. He, I think he does a really good job. My problem here is the transparency of everything, really quickly. If the league releases everything they find, then the court of public opinion, the court of public opinion has already given Watson whatever it is. It should be a year. We'll wait and see on it. But for him to come out and sue, sue the league, this is just, it could not come at a worse time. And sh- you're right, Tom. Shame on the Browns for giving him $230 million gar- fully guaranteed money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, bad. All right, Adam, you said you had something similar to this on yours. So do you want uh... – well, What I want – I knew somebody would, would bring up just the, what the Browns did was, was messed up entirely. But I just wanted to say I think the worst move of this was just the uh, – and the timing of the teams pursuing him. And in general, and, and specifically, I'm talking about the Falcons and the Browns. Um, the Browns, because they had Baker coming off this injury year, I mean, we put the team on his back, and they and they were like in the in the playoffs, beating Pittsburgh two years ago, and like this was the year that he was going to prove it, and all this stuff. And the team is the team mob, and. You know, the, the Odell stuff happened, but the team sided with him. And, like, that's what was going on. And in, in the background, they're, they're looking at Watson, and they pissed off Baker. Like, what, what, why would you – like, what, what, was the, what was the intention of doing this this second? Because you really wanted to upgrade over Baker this second? Like, it, it just – it doesn't make a ton of sense. Um, I also wanted to loop the Falcons into this because – here we're talking about um, the like even even Seattle. They sent Ru- Russell Wilson off on his way to try to win a Super Bowl. The before anything really came out that the Falcons were interested in trading for or trading him away. And same thing with same thing with like Detroit with Stafford. They were kind of like, oh, we'll, we'll probably move on. So like we're gonna send him out to to the Rams, go win a Super Bowl stuff. As for what they what happened with Atlanta, I feel like they, I feel like they did not. From how I read this situation, they did not have Matt Ryan in the know that they were looking to upgrade over Matt Ryan, because 
there was a quote from from that time where it seemed like some feelings were hurt on Matt Ryan's side, and that was your franchise player. That was your quarterback for the last freaking 12 years that, that took you to the Super Bowl, that trusted you to be transparent with, and, and you went behind his back too. So they ultimately did the right thing and, and got him to a, to a team that's about to win, but it's just – it looked a little fishy for me looking at the Falcons. Like that didn't look like – very classy to do to Matt Ryan. Yeah, I'm glad but, you brought that yeah. up. I, I agree. Especially did the Dolphins did that to Tua. That's another kind of right. I mean, they were looking <laughs> going behind his back. Fair enough. Thing. Well, they yeah. really weren't going behind his back because Brian Flores had kind of made that more public. And then Stephen Ross actually went to Watson and said, if you settle, we could get a de- we could probably get get a deal done. That being said, he didn't settle, and the Dolphins never pulled the trigger. Right. Which, in hindsight, is now a win for the Dolphins. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Awesome. Um, okay, so to go on to my number one worst move of the offseason, um, the Sean, the Sean Watson deal is really, really bad, but I think there's one deal that's just way worse because – as much as we as much as we crap on the Deshaun Watson deal, if he comes back after a year, there's still a lot of upside with him. There is to me no upside in the Washington Commanders trading for Carson Wentz and retaining all of the money. That's what killed it for me. Because trading for him in the first place, if you just traded for him and let's say Indy retains half the money. Okay, cool. I I, I could see that. You, you take it a shot, you're not paying a lot. But you took all the money. You you traded for the horrible contract. What are you doing, Washington? You traded for a not great quarterback and a bad contract at the same in the same trade. I don't get what they think. This felt like a Russell Wilson comp. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Is it the cop out? Cop out. It was. Like, it was- the reactionary thing to not getting Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. And it's so much worse than those two. It's so much worse. And so, yeah, Yeah. I think this ruins their team for a few years because they have to pay the money and they're not going to get pretty good production out of them because they don't have a great offensive line like the Colts did. They have a decent run game, but not great. They have okay weapons. They have a good defense. But we don't know anymore. That defense sucked last year, so it's it's a lot of up in the air. It's not like Carson Wentz going to Indy. And here's another thing: when Jim Ursay, the owner of the of the Colts, is pointing at Carson Wentz and just going, "Getting him was a mistake," and he went twenty. He had twenty seven touchdowns, seven picks, and they were one game away from the playoffs. When they're when you're pointing at him saying he's a mistake. That's bad. That is a damning affidavit right there. Well, but just to piggyback off something you said, nothing can give the Washington Commanders a bad look as long as Daniel Snyder is still the owner of that franchise. That too. (laughs) That that within itself is another storyline that 
remains that has to be looked at going into the season. Um, he has not complied yet with the subpoena, I believe. All right. For, for yeah. me next, I'm uh, going to stay in the NFC. Go ahead, Adam. No, no, no. I was I, my next one was going to be piggybacking off the Wentz thing too. Um, oh, go ahead. I was oh, just going to add to that. I was just going to add to that. I think the stupidest thing about this is looking back. Look at how big, they, how how fast they had to rush that. They felt they had to rush that decision to like. Oh my God! Like we can't, like like. Oh my God! We missed out on Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. We gotta go get. Carson Wentz, like right now, we got to do it right now. And here we're sitting here in freaking the, it's it's the second week of July, and Baker Mayfield just got traded for like nothing, and Jimmy <laughs> Garoppolo can still add very easily. Who both of those guys I think I think might be better than Wentz, and would cost yeah, Garoppolo. Garoppolo, I a lot less. believe I read, just started throwing as well. Yeah. But, like, what What was the big freaking rush? Because you knew that there were going to be some – somehow there were going to be better guys out there eventually. Like, it's just – what was the need to rush into that when when things – other things in the league were going to work themselves out eventually over the offseason? Don't mm-hmm. you? I mean, don't you guys think that that, that oh, it was that so weird. The, what is? Wouldn't they ra- like if 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 all things were were considered now and, and you can look back on it? Wouldn't they rather have Baker Mayfield for a fifth round pick and no money than Carson Wentz for a second or th- and or, all the money or like, G- or Jimmy G for like a third? Yeah, right. you know, hundred percent. Not even a question. They must be like. Complete idiots. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that when you're was talking about the organization that did it. It was hard to choose between my the two first ones that I mentioned, which was worse. But the Carson Wentz thing is also just kind of unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, it just doesn't. It feels like there's something we don't know. Like there was some sort of like secret payment. <laughs> I'm like, I'll give you a million dollars if you do this. Like. You know what I mean? It seems too bad to be true, and mainly because, yeah, it even looks a thousand times worse now with Baker Mayfield, like Adam said. I mean, geez, it's just kind of – it just shows how dysfunctional they really are in that franchise. Mm -hmm. They can't even pick a name that's half decent. They rush the uniforms, too. They rush the quarterback search, and I feel like the uniforms. I'm not a huge fan. Yeah, I think you're – I think they're terrible. It looks like they were rushed. I've already – I think they're the worst. And now you color rushed. I mean, I'm no graphic designer, but yeah. you're the NFL. You do better than that. Yeah. You're the Are you watching the All-Star Game, Tom? Uh, Those yes, jerseys are not. hideous. It's, yeah, they are hideous. <laughs> except for like one or two. I thought the Cubs one was all right. J- just make let players wear their own team's jerseys, baseball. Thank you. I, I used to love when oh. they all wore their own jerseys. Yeah, all right. Uh, Tom, what's next on your worst list? All right, so my next one I'm pretty sure we're going to talk about, too, is the Christian Kirk deal uh, the Jaguars. Uh, because I think we all can admit that Christian Kirk is not terrible. He's not a terrible wide receiver. And if he was on your team tomorrow, you would be pretty happy about it. 
but it's what they paid him, you know, relative to, you know, other deals in the past year or even the, in this season. It just seems like a massive overpay. And it, it just seems like they're going way too hard in on the wrong people at the wrong time. I mean, let's not forget this was still the worst team in the league uh, this year. They picked number one overall. Uh, even though I feel like no one talks about that guy that got drafted number one. I read something today about like no one talks about this number one pick as much as all the other number one picks. But um, I just feel like they're not they're screwing it up again. And this is one big example of this money they gave to Christian Kirk, who's an average wide receiver and not going to be, you know, leading your receiving corps for the next five or six years. It's just not going to happen, I feel. So I'm very they also gave a the money <laughs> They also gave a pretty decent money contract, like $9 million a year or something to Zay Jones, yeah. who was terrible. Great honorable mm-hmm. mention. I, I forgot to mention him. The Zay Jones deal, too, is just – it's kind of mind-boggling. Like, you couldn't find a better place to park $9 million than Zay Jones. I mean, just get – it's – this is – Jacksonville is just the kind of the dysfunctional Rangers. I get no one wants to go there. I, if I was an NFL player, it would be on the probably the bottom of my list. So I kind of get it. Maybe you got overpaid to get a guy like Christian Kirk, but it, it's it's bad. <laughs> well, remember this, Tom. There's no state income tax in Florida. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so that always draw free agents. So. Yeah. Um, sure. I have Kirk too, but you kind of dove into that. Um, I'm going to criticize the Giants for not signing Mitchell Trubisky and signing Tyrod Taylor as the competition for Daniel Jones, essentially handing Jones the job because here's what happens. Tyrod Taylor's going to get hurt in either camp or during the season. The Chargers stabbed him, which led Herbert to getting the job, and then he got hurt in Cleveland, which led to Baker getting the job. Mitchell Trubisky was in Buffalo with Brian Dable and Joe Shane, and they didn't sign him. They let him go to Pittsburgh instead. That is a bad move by the Giants, and I hope they're happy with another year of Daddy Dimes being terrible. <laughs> okay, uh, I'll go into my next one here. Um, well, my last one actually. It's going to be the Amari Cooper trade. Now, not from the perspective of the Cowboys. I think it's a terrible deal from the perspective of the Browns because you traded for Amari Cooper. You're paying this guy 20, you know, paying this guy a lot of money. You gave up a, I know you didn't give up many draft picks. They were pretty low draft picks, but you've got this guy who the contract is only like a couple more years. You have no idea what's going on with your with your co- quarterback room right now. Your franchise is in such disarray. Why are you trading for a really good wide receiver right now? I will actually defend getting Amari Cooper off the books in Dallas. I will defend that. I think the Cowboys wide receiving room was stacked with Gallup and CeeDee Lamb that you could have that Amari Cooper could have go could have gone. And I don't think it's a it's a bad move. But for the Browns, I don't get it. You don't know what your quarterback situation is right now. Deshaun Watson could be suspended for the entire year. And Jacoby Brissett's going to get the ball to Amari Cooper? I don't think so. So I, I think it's a terrible move for the Browns to go get Amari Cooper because why? 
what what's the What's the thought process there? Figure out your quarterback situation first before you start trading for a superstar wide receiver because if Deshaun Watson gets traded, it gets suspended for one year, Amari Cooper's done after two. So you have one year of Amari Cooper and Deshaun Watson. That's it. So yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree with you. I just kind of like they mustn't like I just I'm kind of the perspective with the Browns where I'm like, why didn't you just bring back Jarvis Landry if you were gonna do that? Yeah. Like yeah. another different players, but another different player, they serve the same role. They're like they're supposed to be the veteran and not yeah. let Landry you, know, you let Landry go and you're gonna have Brissett playing with Cooper, like and with a bunch of rookies. Mm-hmm. Just weird. Very strange. Uh, do you guys have anything else on the bad moves list? Uh, I have one more here. Okay, go ahead, Tom. And it's about the Browns. I'll make it quick. And David Njoku and the whole tight end thing that's going on. <laughs> it just feels like a, a, a big problem. And I feel like they, they're doing like actively worse things to their team at the tight end position these past three years. Between the Hooper Signing not really being a great fit, not working out. And now you go to Njoku, really, I mean, I consider him an average tight end. And they gave him a lot of money. And it just, I feel like you could have put that money somewhere else rather than give it to David Njoku, who's a really kind of boomer bust guy. I mean, he can go a whole game or you don't even know he's on the field. And that's just, I thought that just made no sense. (laughs) That's freaking contract and then look at like look at what oj howard took like oj howard took the ultimate prove it two and a half million a year like you could you have had that guy like he's like they're one of them still has a pretty high ceiling and the other one you feel like you know what it is but he's still a good athlete like it's mm-hmm. weird yeah the way they spent this off season was weird it's they spent something else. like a team that felt like ha- had a lot of pressure, but that pressure is on be the lot There's some stuff. So. There's got to be a big documentary about the, the team <laughs> one day about this this off. What went into all these decisions? Because it's crazy. Uh, this um, has a thirty for thirty written all over it. Mm. Yeah, very much. I so. got I got two. I got two more. One of them's very quick, and then one of them's kind of something you guys talked about already. Um, so I'm one of my. I think it actually conflicts, and it's 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 anti what Tom was saying earlier for one of these. So the one of these is the fact that the Titans and the Packers were more willing to take a stab at a rookie, and then pay then pay proven guys that actually deserved it for their team. I just thought it, it was a – I don't like that precedent of here we have Devontae Adams. He's proven himself to be the best receiver in the league right now. He's Aaron Rodgers' guy, all this stuff. But we, we, just, we just don't want to pay him. We'd rather just take a stab on Christian Watson and Sammy Watkins. It's, it's just I – don't, I don't think it's a good precedent in the league to be like – because it seems like it's a punishment for 
Like we don't, well, we don't really value your position and what you bring to the table anymore. So I don't know. That's just the way I, I kind of read it. But like the, and then the same thing happened with AJ Brown, where it's like, well, we can, we, we like this guy that is as good as AJ Brown or would be AJ Brown and fills a similar skill set, but we like don't want to pay the real AJ Brown. So it's just it's just weird. Like what what are you doing? You're shoving these contracts down the road instead of instead of your players that all your fans are buying the jerseys of and and have done the right thing and have been good people and on the team and in the community and stuff like like these guys are these guys haven't done anything wrong to be making enemies on their on their their team and in their like what does it say to your locker room that you're building up these these young players and then just instantly just dump them the second like. Oh well, we can like we could could do better in the draft this year, and and pay that guy in four years instead of you. So I don't know. I think I'm just kind of spitballing, but that was generally the. Well, I, I agree with you on the Brown one, the Devonte Adams one for me. I, I wondered this because they they kept saying, "Oh, he rejected the Packers' offer." Last year, and it became a whole thing. I know we're going to get into some takes for the season coming up, but one of my theories is I I wonder if Aaron Rodgers just behind the scenes goes, you know what, enough's enough. This is his last, really his last dance with the Packers after this year. I wonder that now. I wonder if this is the straw that broke his back not having Devontae Adams there anymore. Yeah. Uh, and what was your other one, Adam? Uh, my other one, I think, as far as the worst move, I cannot point to a single thing. The worst move of the offseason was everything the Bears did. I hated all of it. Um, I didn't like the coaching Dude, hire. Harry. Yeah. I didn't like the coaching hire. I don't like that they didn't get any receivers. I don't like that their line still sucks. I don't like them trading Khalil Mack for nothing. I didn't like their draft. I don't like that they're going to throw Justin Fields to the Wolves with a first-time defensive coach. I don't like any of it. And I think that they're destined to fail, and they're they're making Justin Fields destined to fail again. Yeah, they did not have a good offseason. They did nothing. They did nothing to improve other than Nagy. Uh, We'll see Justin, how Justin Fields develops, but those were our least favorite moves from the off season. Uh, Now we're going to get into some discussion stuff, some takes for the 2022 season. Uh, No, I'll let you kind of, dive into this a little bit yeah more so i thought i thought it'd be fun to kind of just have some discussion on this uh we're gonna do some unpopular opinions now these can be now we're gonna do unpopular opinions mostly about stuff that's happening in this current season you know stuff that'll happen that's relevant to right now i did a few that maybe aren't like tied directly to the season but they can, they're relevant now but i asked the guys to bring some unpopular opinions opinions that they have that 
some of us won't just won't agree with a lot of people won't agree with, but they, you know, believe it in their hearts. Uh, so, uh, Mike, why don't you start us off? What's your first unpopular opinion? Okay, I'm calling out a video game for this. Madden, you stupid idiots. Lamar Jackson's a top 10 quarterback. Is he not a ten, top you, 10? They did not have Lamar Jackson as a top 10 quarterback. Wow. That's so, that, that first of all, dude won an MVP. Oh, didn't they have Deshaun Watson dude is over done. Him? Yeah. They had Deshaun. The two I would take out, Deshaun Watson, Justin Herbert. And it's not a knock on Herbert. Dude hasn't made the playoffs in two years. Before we crown him for anything outside of his wonderful hair, have him do it on the field. I know it's not his fault they haven't made the playoffs, but you know what? It is partially his fault because we we play this game with quarterbacks where we want to crown them when they win. I'm going to hit them when they're down two. Lamar Jackson is a top 10 quarterback, and Madden, your game hasn't been buyable in years, so make a better product. Very fair that enough, and we'll. I want to. I, I want to. I want to deep dive into that at some point, but that's a whole other thing. But uh, <laughs> all right, Adam, your first unpopular opinion. All right, um, I'm going to go scorched earth on all of these. Um, the first one is the Cardinals should trade Kyler Murray. Oh, because <laughs> his, his value is better served as draft picks and as a veteran quarterback in that roster than whatever the hell they're doing with Kingsbury. It's not going to work. It's not working. This, this, they, they cannot group this team, bend the team to trade him for multiple first round picks and then go get Matt Ryan. Because that's what, that's somebody that can lead a team and, and win and win games with all these all these pieces around them. I don't trust anything they're doing, and I'd be scared to death to give Kyler Murray with how he's been so erratic, especially like look at him in the freaking playoff game, hucking the ball up in his own end zone. I'm not giving that guy 45 million a year. No, no chance. That's that's fair. Is there uh, some alternate universe where we could do Kyler Murray for Aaron Rodgers? I said there's an I I was gonna say to really piss you guys off, Kyler Murray for freaking Kirk Cousins, and then giving me all the draft picks and all, everything the Vikings have to offer. Oh my god! Kyler Murray to Justin Jefferson would be so much fun. Oh my god! Yeah. All right, Tom, you're isn't the Cliff Kingsbury also? That just seems like the most. <clears throat> I'm trying to find the perfect verbiage for this, but Cliff Kingsbury, Kirk Cousins, they're the dudes who are at the club, but they're the guys you kind of leave off to the side and you turn the lights out on and they're standing there in the dark. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> Tom, your first unpopular opinion. All right. This is going to be unpopular, but I don't know how hot of a take it is, but it's unpopular. And that is that the Rams are repeating in the Super Bowl this year. The Rams, I think, are just too good. They, they didn't lose really a thing. 
they're going to be at this thing again. They're inventive. They're they're going to win it again. I don't think Brady is the threat in the NFC as, as much as he was even last year, and that was barely a threat. I think they're going to go back to the Super Bowl at the extreme least and probably end up repeating. And I know that's that's unpopular because no one wants a repeat to happen, you know. And uh, because, you know, the Patriots going over and over, that wasn't very fun to live through, unless you were a Patriots fan. Okay. All right. I'm going to go with my first one here. And you're a Rams fan today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I kind of went, I didn't go with like specific players or teams. I went with more of like institutions, like stuff that needs to change about the game. They, we need to stop doing the Super Bowl halftime show. It needs to what? end. What? It needs to stop. Oh, I, I oh. am, I am done. <laughs> I am done sitting through a half hour freaking halftime. No, uh, no it was hour. good this year. It was good this year. One All year. We've had. I knew the artists. We've had one good year out of how many of the last like 10 years? Out of the last 10 years, we've had one good one. I'm done. You're not going to put. Adam, what's the, you've wanted Metallica for years, but they're never going to put Metallica on. They're never going to put good people on. Always, it was just weird because everyone. When they were in Metallica City in San Francisco, right, and then they picked Coldplay, which they was never, like, okay. They, they either go with bands who are way past their prime, superstars who are way past their prime, or people who are never that big. The, well, the Katy Perry one was a fever dream. The, they're not drawing to the diehard. What they're drawing to is the regular uh, viewer that they yeah well you know what that's why who's only going to watch the half this is why i don't like it because why are we appealing to other people because you're not going to watch the super bowl unless you are a diehard football not arguing that see people that don't like football still need to come to the parties i I I still come to the party for the party why do i why do we need to to change half the game to cater to you guys i'm done with it no the, the dream is Weird Al gets the Super Bowl halftime show on year, and then it's off to the races. Uh, I mean, I guess, but I'm just I'm done with the Super Bowl halftime show. End it. Do a normal 15 minute halftime because that's the other thing is that so long. There's it's basically two games now. You you know, there's a reason why the San Francisco Ravens one was 30. What was like 28 six at the half. And then San Fran almost came back and won the thing because they had so much time to prepare and rest up and all that kind of stuff. So it's like, I, I'm just done with it. Like, just stop. You haven't picked a good person in years. We don't, tr- I don't trust you anymore. Cut the Super Bowl halftime show. Just do a normal halftime. That's it. Play- I don't, the game does not need to go until 1130 at night. But to play devil's advocate, I go to the Super Bowl. I paid $5,000 for this ticket. Why can't I have a free concert? Because it's your pay for a football everybody game. Else did. Everybody else did for the last 20 years. Uh, <laughs> they got to watch um, Blinding Lights and Shakira and oh. Coldplay and Black Eyed Peas. Also, yeah. I don't think it makes it that Black much longer. Black Eyed Peas put me to sleep. I don't lie. The halftime on a normal game is like 20 minutes, and with the Super Bowl, it's like 40 minutes. That's double the length. It's just not that crazy, you know. Uh, you know I just and the for, players, every half player snuck out to watch it. <laughs> oh, Dude, well, here's, for, here's the other thing. No, you 
Go, go ahead, Mike. For, forget it. Every game needs a Super Bowl halftime show like no! performance. Let's yes. get that stuff. Don't get care. That All right. So there's only so much. Adam to say something. No, to somebody that goes to games all the time where that do crappy halftime shows, there's only so much firefighters versus cop flag football you can take in your life. Oh, my God. Okay, on that note, Mike, what is your next unpopular opinion? All right. Forget the coin toss. No more coin toss Here's how we're going to decide who gets the football. We're going to put an offensive lineman, two offensive linemen at the 20-yard line. Whoever <laughs> wins the race to midfield get decides who gets the ball first. Good luck, you, good luck pitching you that. Get the coin toss. We are going to have a lineman race to make the game more fun. Can, can we pick the lineman of the other team? Yeah, why not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you want a mad scramble with two offensive linemen for the ball. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. And all linemen touchdowns should count. I don't care if they're eligible or not. <laughs> Adam, what is your next unpopular opinion? All right, I'll take this one back to, back to reality. Uh, I got – um. Oh, here, here's a good one. I, 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 I'll actually, I'll go, I'll go a tame one to bring it down, and the next one I'll, I'll bring another scorched earth one. All right, if Trey Lance is decent, like if he's a top half quarterback in the league next season, the Niners are the best team in the NFC, and they should go to the Super Bowl. Because mm. I really think other, I really think otherwise, they're they're insanely coached deep they still got Debo Samuel they still can beat the Rams they're one of the only teams that consistently has to have the Rams number and I'm not sure they're not better than we, we saw what they did to Green Bay we saw what they did to Dallas we saw um I'm not sure they're not better than Tampa on a good day to um they just they had a weird season last year and and Garoppolo was great at certain points and he was terrible at certain points. But if, if Trey Lance can be in any way as exciting as, as some of the pieces around them, they have the right coaches in place to get it to work. And I think that they're as good as anybody. Tom. All right. My next unpopular opinion, uh, the NFL needs to reduce the punishment. For Calvin Ridley. I'm serious. This is a, I'm, I kind of just feel like he got cheated. I mean, this is such a long suspension in the prime of his career for something that, like, I know he broke the rules. He's guilty. But it's the, the length of the suspension still bugs me to this day. That Especially now that we know Deshaun Watson's getting two to eight games. Like, are you effing – like, are you serious? Like, why is Calvin really getting a whole season – for he made it, I think, a mistake. He did something stupid. He bet on his team to win in a game. That's the stupidest well, thing wait, he did. Wait, to bet that's on his his first issue. He bet on the Falcons to actually win. That's his first. <laughs> that's his problem. punishment. His punishment, punishment should be that he bet on the Falcons. It's just it's, it's a rob. It's just terrible that we're gonna lose him for a whole year over this. 
it's mind-boggling. Whereas now Deshaun Watson's going to get to play halfway through the year. It's BS. Do you think he he put? Do you think he bet on the odds of (laughs) him getting that suspension reduced? (laughs) (laughs) Don't know. Might have. All right, uh, I'll go into another one here. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned Trey Lance and Jimmy G, uh, Adam, because I think Jimmy G gives the Niners the best chance to win this year. I, I you're not why, also right. Why haven't they traded him yet? If Trey Lance is the answer, why haven't they traded him yet? I think Jimmy G is like a top fifteen quarterback in this league. And I think that he gives the Niners the best chance to win this year. I think if Jimmy G stays healthy, if Jimmy G stays, you know, competitive, they they can go back to the Super Bowl. I think it's the complete opposite. I think Trey Lance is is no more. I just why what you seem to have no faith in him. So I, I don't see where I'm gonna supposed to get hyped over Trey Lance if I'm a San Francisco 49ers oh, fan. I'm, I'm just that's yeah, I I I actually don't I agree with you. I'm just kind of like if Lance can be average. You yeah, know what I mean, it's right now Garoppolo's pretty average for the league. Um, but if he can be just average, I think they're they're as good, if not a little better, of a threat. Yeah. So, yeah, I think so. Jimmy G gets gives the Niners the best chance to win. I think he he gives them a good chance to win the NFC. All right, uh, Mike, your next one. No, I don't want you to hurt me. Oh, God. If the Dallas Cowboys do not make it to the NFC title game, not only has Mike McCarthy coached his last game for the Cowboys, but Dak Prescott has played his last game for the Dallas Cowboys. You think they 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 trade him? I think they – because I think Jerry – I said it before and I'll say it again. I think Jerry wants a ring so badly that he will turn to 46-year-old Tom Brady and say, Tom, I want you to give Skip Bayless the most, (laughs) the best thing he could imagine. You in a Dallas Cowboy uniform. Okay, so it, because I have to appease Skip Bayless, I can one hundred percent give you the Mike McCarthy one. The Dak one is so unpopular with me. I cannot, no way. You can't trade Dak. He's your entire team right now. I'm just telling. Oh, uh, yeah, that's unpopular. He's gonna have sure. options. He he might also trade for the guy who plays in Green Bay. I don't want him either. But all right. <laughs> Uh, Adam. Although him, he could play for Mike McCarthy again. Who knows? Oh God, Adam, your next one. <laughs> um, all right, here, here's my next scorched earth one. Um, all right, Jared Goff. Um, we, we all know what's going on with his contract. He's in Detroit right now, and they basically they're paying the last big cap hit of the Rams contract, and then he's going to be cuttable. Um, that being said, Jared Goff is a better option than every single rookie that was just drafted for all of the teams that drafted him. He is a better option than Kenny Pickett on the Steelers. He's a better option than Malik Willis on the Titans as a replacement for Tannehill. He's a better option for the next to be the next Falcons quarterback. 
he's a better option to be mm. the next quarterback. And mm. interesting. <laughs> so I, I just I, I still think he has the potential and he's still good and he, he's still starter potential. And I like him as I like him as the idea for replacing all of those quarter all those those situations than what they have going oh you oh so you're not just saying for the lions you're saying all the other teams if they could trade for goth they would rather you i'd rather have i'd rather have goth if i was the steelers than kenny pickett i'd rather i'd rather have goth if i was the falcons than ritter i'd rather have goth if i that i'd I'd also rather rather have goth than mariota too right Goth and Mariota, yeah. I, I think the hot take one is if I'm replacing Tannehill, I'd way rather have Goff than Malik Wellis. That's an interesting one. I, I could definitely see a lot of people arguing that one. Yeah. I think a lot of people have soured on Goff ever since you know he left. He got traded by the Rams. All right, Tom, your next one. All right. My next one is going to be unpopular, but that's the point. Uh, Matt Ryan – is not going to be that much better than Carson Wentz. And as a matter of fact, his quarterback rating is probably going to be around the same. And this team might make the playoffs. It might not. I think there's other factors. But Matt Ryan is not going to be all that better. Yes, they dumped the crappy Wentz contract. That's amazing for them. But they did not get, you know, Tom Brady here. They got 37-year-old Matt Ryan who – we know he's falling off a bit. Don't get me wrong. He had crap weapons, but he, I, I just don't see him plugging in and being, you know, if Phillip Rivers couldn't do, you know, make a big splash. And if Carson Wentz couldn't do it, am I really all that happy about Matt Ryan, you know, going this year? No, I, I think it's going to be about the same touchdowns, same interceptions and possibly worse. So we'll see. I definitely don't see that. I definitely think Matt Ryan's a huge upgrade over Carson Wentz, but that's the whole point. Uh, All right, so my next one here, uh, this one might be controversial. It might not be. Um, I think in terms of an overall team structure and an overall how a team functions, the head coach is by far more important than the quarterback. I I would rather have a great head coach than have a great quarterback. Because I think a head coach can elevate a team more than one quarterback can. You know, we've seen in the last few years, we've seen Case Keenum almost get to the NFC title game. We've almost we've seen Nick Foles win a Super Bowl. We've seen Blake Bortles almost get win a Super Bowl. I, I think if I had to choose between a great head coach and an average quarterback versus a, a superstar quarterback and an average coach, I'm going the all-star, I'm going the amazing head coach and average yeah, quarterback. I don't think I agree with that actually, because it's because of just like examples that are going through my head. Because, all right, who's who's better, Aaron Rodgers with Mike McCarthy or Matt Castle with Bill Belichick? We'll get to Bill Belichick in a minute, but <laughs> but that's what I, that's what that's that's what I would poke holes with is like that's that's what you're talking about because there's. I think I think your argument it totally is valid, except for when you when you're talking elite quarterbacks, because there's guys that are that are missed in the league that were probably had a lot of potential as quarterbacks in the league. Like, what if Josh Freeman went to the went to a great coach? Like, is is that would he have become a great quarterback? Maybe we don't know, but he didn't. He went to crap. 
here's where I think my argument works with like the elite quarterbacks because you look at all these elite quarterbacks, Mahomes, Brady, Rogers, uh, Big Ben, they all had a great coach with them. Yeah. Joe Montana had Bill Walsh. Troy Aikman had Jimmy Johnson. Uh, Roger Staubach had Tom Landry. Like they all needed a great head coach. To me, a head coach makes great players. A quarterback is a product not a product of the system. Some quarterbacks are going to be great no matter what, but a head coach really brings a team together and really elevates everybody. And a quarterback really can only elevate a few guys. No, That's no, where- I, I, I think you're right. I, I think you're right. Totally. And, and it's just like, look at, look at Drew Brees on the chargers. Then, then Drew Brees on the, on the, on the saints. Like that was when coaching, when he, when he had a, a better coaching situation, like, like exactly. There, there, there is, there is that, but then there's also like, then there's also this argument of like, all right, well, right now, would I rather have Pete Carroll with an average quarterback, who I think Pete Carroll's a really good coach, or would I rather have Russell Wilson with Nathaniel Hackett, who's never coached before? I'd rather have Russell Wilson with Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah, but that that, that might not work for the Broncos. That's the problem. But yeah, if, it, I, if it doesn't, then who does, everyone just wants to come in and coach Russell Wilson so that you can just yeah. find it up. I just – from my perspective, it's um, – a coach can elevate a quarterback. A quarterback doesn't elevate a coach. If, it, if a coach is bad, you know because everyone suffers. Yeah. Like, has there ever been a, a quarterback that carries a bad coach to a Super Bowl? I don't think there has been. But there's coach. been – Wait, 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 wait. Uh, Brian Bill carried Trent Dilfer to a Super Bowl. No, 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 no. I, I said, has, no, there been a quarter, has there been a quarterback oh, that took an average that? coach to greatness? That you coach. don't see that. You really? see a lot. Uh, of- Steve McNair carried Jeff Fisher to a Super Bowl. Well, they didn't win, but they went to a Super Bowl. I'm going to think of one, though. Okay, you could you could say that one. But so many more chances, I think. Oh, it's- I got oh, Lovey Smith go. carried Rex Grossman. Oh no, he's talking the other way. He's talking bad. bad I, when has a uh, when has a quarterback carry a one. bad coach? Oh, you're going quarterback. Yes. I, have, I don't I know why I keep going the other way with that. Noah, when Kurt Warner carried Ken Wisenhunt to the Super Bowl. I'll give you that one. <laughs> yeah. I'll give you that one. But <laughs> nine times out James- of ten. Nine times out of ten, James Harrison's still running for that touchdown. Yeah. By the but way, but nine times out of ten, <laughs> a, a great coach can elevate a quarterback to greatness. Yeah, it's not the no, other. It doesn't work the uh, other way around. So, all right. So, uh, Mike, your next one. Okay, the three best teams in the NFC for the 2022 seasons will be as followed: the Los hmm. Angeles Rams of St. Louis. The Green Bay Packers and everyone down in New Orleans, we're going to have some fun because the New Orleans Saints are going to be the third best team in the NFC this wow, year. That's a, that's a Over kick. the Bucks. Believe the hype. Over <laughs> the box. And the Niners. Dennis Allen and the Niners. Everyone will buy you a drink during Mardi Gras. Wow, I can give you. I can obviously give you the Rams. I cannot give you the Packers. They lost their best weapon. I'm no, no, no. Listen, I believe in Aaron Rodgers. I believe in Matt Lafleur. I will say this: what I said earlier still stands as well. If the Packers don't win the Super Bowl this year, it's Aaron Rodgers last year in Green Bay. 
That's oh, the yeah. other part to that. Yeah, 100%. He will be the quarterback somewhere else. Dun, dun, dun. Huh. But the all Saints right. are Ooh, also. So, all right, so Rams, Saints, and Packers are your top three teams. That's interesting. Top three in the NFC. That would that would stir a lot of controversy, I think, this year. I, I definitely think a lot of people would have arguments I, I with people that. that. <laughs> but that's what these are supposed to do. They're supposed to be. They they're not supposed my, to be yeah, we, Listen, we're trying to piss problem, people off. I can see my boy yeah. Alvin Kamara, well, not, and then you know, not, he can not, settle it. Not make people mad, Tom, but just disagree with them. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people would agree with that. But yeah, yeah, All right, uh, Adam, your next one. Um, the Davis Mills conversation is complete nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> it is not anything. What they're doing is they're waiting for the market to play its course, and then they're going to sign a veteran or someone else for very cheap. And then that they're going to roll with that. Um, I did. I felt like that was the approach this entire time. They did not draft another quarterback, nor did they go after and sign somebody. But if a Garoppolo is out there on the market and gets cut, or if a Darnold got, got cut, they would be the first in line to sign them. I, I totally believe that it, because otherwise this approach just really doesn't make a lot of sense. They don't really have, it just, what do you like? What what do you do? The, the like, you drafted this guy pretty high last year, but you drafted it kind of as a reactionary thing because of what you didn't know what was going on with Watson, not because he was the top, the top option in the draft. He played okay. Some games he was like passable, and some games he was horrible. But to go in with this as the only option, I don't think it's the only option. I think that they're waiting for something else to happen first. Okay. Tom, your next one. All right. Justin Fields is going to be joining the list of people labeled as bus from Ohio State University this year. I don't think he's going to be a bus for the rest of his career, but he's getting the bust tag this year because this team's not going to be I mean, where's his weapons? Where's there's no like optimism for me. I mean, I think we saw some flashes last year, but this is just going to be a miserable time for Justin Fields. And I think people are going to jump down his throat. And by the end of this year, you, you poll most people that watch the NFL, they're going to say Justin Fields is a bust. And it's not entirely his fault, but I just think that's where it's headed. And you could say almost the same thing for Zach Wilson, but I have a little more hope for him. The difference, the difference is, Tom, the Jets at least are trying to do things for Zach Wilson. I have no idea what the hell the Bears are trying to do. For yeah, it kind of ties Wilson. into what Adam said earlier. Like, what are the Bears doing? They're setting Justin Fields up for failure. Like, the Jets, they got two brand-new tight ends, Tyler Conklin, CJ Uzom. That's more than the Bears did all year, just alone, based off the tight end position. <laughs> The Jets drafting Brees Hall is more than what the Bears did for Fields this year. Yeah. Well, speaking yeah. of that, he finally signed his contract today. So congrats to him. <laughs> we'll see you out there. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going to go with my next one here. The Hall of Fame. It's pointless. It's stupid. Why do we keep doing it? <laughs> no, no, you're you're ridiculous. I, I'm sorry. What is the whole – you, you take – you take – a, a sport that is stats based. It, it, everything we always look at stats, like what's a guy's completion percentage, what's a yards, what's his yards, what's his touchdowns, what's his interception. We look at so many stats for the NFL. Now you're taking all of that and now you're just making it who 
who do people like more? Who do they want to let into the Hall of Fame? You make it all opinion-based. When it's stats and numbers-based, now you're making it all opinion-based. You are going to be so salty when Eli Manning is a Hall of Famer. I'm sorry. I keep – well, no, I don't think we're – but but that's exactly my point is that so many people think that Eli Manning shouldn't get in and so many people think he should get in. So it's like how do you make that – how do you make that decision? You just let a bunch of people just decide who's in and who's not. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't – it's just honoring guys' legacy. Just do that. Just have an NFL – like just make the NFL honors show – that just that honor people who it contributed a lot to the game to, to have all these arguments that someone is a hall of famer. Well, people's opinions are going to be so different that you're trying to force those opinions into a sport. That's number based. Like we look at so many guys stats. How do you take that and make it opinion based? I may think that Philip Rivers is a better quarterback than Eli Manning, but you guys might not. But if we're on the hall of fame committee, how do we decide that? It's just, a, it's just a popularity contest at this point. So I, to me, the whole thing's pointless. Because when you take that and try to compact it into a popularity contest, it doesn't work. Because like, think about how many guys we see get in that are like, oh, that guy shouldn't have gotten in. Well, you think he shouldn't have gotten in, but that guy apparently did. And a lot of other yeah. people do. So it's like, I don't know. It just seems so weird to me because like, why? It just honor guys' legacy and then that's it. Like give them the bus, all that kind of stuff, but don't call it the Hall of Fame. I so I I agree with a lot of points, but like, but at the same point, like, they needs to be the Hall of Fame. There needs to be this this process. But what I do have a problem with is what something that you alluded to is just like the politics of of the who gets in and when is just weird because it. I just I have a problem with if there's a ton of receivers that have to go in. If if we're talking about oh my god there's these, there's this list of ten receivers right now right now there are there is a list of ten receivers there's Reggie Wayne sitting out there there's Tory Holt sitting out there there's Isaac Bruce sitting out there all these guys have been have been sitting out there for years and years and years waiting for to get called but they but there's this politics around it oh well we only want to put one receiver in a year. And it's it's the Marvin Harrison year, and it's the it's the Calvin Johnson year, and it's like like that's something that's goofy to me. It's like oh, we can only put one quarterback in at a time, or we can only put one receiver in at a time, or this year is going to be a class of eight, and then last year's a class of six. Like that part See, of this. Year. And that to me, that's it muddies it even more. I'm just like now you're throwing politics get, into this. Like I'm just like I'm just like put the people that put. Take it like you can do this voting system all you want and stuff, but actually take the top six on the list. Don't make it this whole like, oh, well, well, we can't have Ben and Eli going on the same year. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I I, I think they've always should break it down by year. That's the way I felt. You, yeah, there's definitely ways I think you could tweak it, but I just. The way it is right now, it's pointless. I don't like it. I don't get it. It's a popularity contest of out of a sport that's number-based and that stats-based, and it doesn't make any sense. While we're on the subject of the Hall of Fame, baseball put Pete Rose in, you jerks. <laughs> no, putting Keith Hernandez. <laughs> well, him too. All right, uh, Mike, do you have any more? How many, how many more do you guys have? I've got one. Okay, uh, Mike. I got five. All right, I got a few more, so... <laughs> Mike, what's your what's your last one? 
Okay. I said Aaron Rodgers, this will be his last year in Green Bay if they don't win the Super Bowl. In 2023, Aaron Rodgers will be the quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers. They're finally going to find a way to make it happen. He's going to pull a Brett Favre. He's going to retire, then unretire and tell the Packers to trade him to the Niners. And that is how Aaron Rodgers winds up a 49er. You think he exactly pulls a Brett Favre? He's going to pull a Brett Favre. Oh, I could see it. I could definitely see it. You did this to me for years. I'm going to do it to you. All right. And we're even going to call it the Brett Favre. Adam, what's your next one? All right. Value-wise, the Christian Kirk signing and the Hollywood Brown trade are just as bad of moves. Oh, oh. <laughs> I think they're both terrible. I, like I, think they're both, I think they're both terrible moves because one of them, one of them is a team significantly overpaying for a, a guy that's a that's a second or third receiver, and another one is a team identifying someone. Oh, they look like a good second or third receiver, and trading a first round pick for them. That person is not locked up under a contract. That person just happens to be friends with your quarterback. And it's now happened to be the number one receiver because Hopkins is, is suspended. But they saw what he was, they, they saw what Hollywood Brown was in Baltimore. Is he a fantastic, unbelievable first round pick level talent? Can when you when you compare that to AJ Brown and all these other guys and, and Diggs and and Devontae Adams, all these other receivers that have gotten traded for first round picks, he's not that level. He just happens to be friends with your quarterback. Mm. And I, I don't like this trade at all. I mean, I, I'm not saying it won't work because they're going to have chemistry and stuff, but I hate the trade and I think the value sucked. I think it was a, it was a last second crap, throw crap at the fan because the, all the receivers were gone in the draft and we had talked to you months ago kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. And I, and it, it, it's an upgrade over Kirk, but it's like, what, what did you really get from this? You got, you didn't pay Kirk seventeen million a year, but now you have to pay Hollywood Brown first round pick money, and you're gonna have to pay the fifth year option pretty soon, and then pay yeah. him. Like you, you kind of filled a mess with a mess. I, I don't agree that there's same value, but I would say I would argue that the Hollywood Brown is not a deal, is not a blockbuster. But say it's as bad as the Christian Kirk thing. Ooh, I think it's a bit better. I don't know. So, all right, uh, Mike and Tom, do you two have any any more? Tom, do you have any more? I have said mine, actually. You have said yours? Okay. So I have two more left, so uh, me and Adam will go back just real quickly. Um, My next one, uh, Thursday Night Football needs to just get canceled. What's the point of it anymore? (laughs) Why do we need three nights of football? Just do a doubleheader on Monday night every night. Just do that. Do a doubleheader on Monday night. I stop with this whole Thursday night. Thursday night like, is such a it's such a weird night to do. The players hate it because you then you have to do a short week. Um, you know, you people don't like it. The players don't like it. Now you're doing this whole Amazon Prime thing. Just do Sunday Sunday football and just do a doubleheader on Monday. Stop with Thursday night football. They've never cared about it. 
think about it. What have been great games on Thursday Night Football? Very I, I, few. I can't, I, I can't disagree with everything you're saying more. There's no better time to watch Jags versus Titans than when you're forced to watch it because it's the only game on TV. <laughs> yeah i that's and they're the wearing the color rush jersey. that's the thing i i can't they don't care about it they don't i've never cared about it for some reason this year because down amazon now they have a lot of good games on there so i guess my point's invalid but still just do a doubleheader monday night do a do a like a seven o'clock game and then a nine o'clock game or something just do that just do that on monday night stop with this thursday night football because you've never cared about it and unless Amazon's giving you billions of dollars, you never will care about it. So, dude, but the Amazon broadcast is gonna be so much fun. Yeah, Al Michaels, Kirk Herb Street. Yeah, and then on the desk, you're gonna have Ryan Fitzpatrick and Akib Talib, amongst uh, others. Yeah, whoop de doo. All right, Adam, what's one of your wow. next ones? All right, my next, I, I have five more, but they're all pretty rapid fire. Um, the first one is the Jets roster is significantly better than New England's roster. It passed this offseason. Ooh. I, like I, I, I think I think top to bottom, it's a better it's a it's a it's better roster. I, I don't know about Mac Jones versus Zach Wilson right now, but we're talking the Jets now have better receivers. I would like I like the Jets running back room at least just as much. New England New England's line stunk like last year and they lost pieces. The defense, the Jets have been adding pieces. They added a corner this year. The New England has crap corners right now. They 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 added guys to the front seven last year. New England's losing people and they're getting old. Like there there's a I like what they're doing a lot to prepare for the future a lot more than what New England's doing. Okay. Yeah, actually I kind of agree with that one on paper. The Jets have a better team than the Patriots, which is a which is crazy to say. Yeah, yep. and you know, but would I be shocked if the Patriots swept them this year? No, because Bill Belichick kind of never loses to the Jets, and because he has that ultra grudge off on them for the past twenty years since he resigned on a napkin. <clears throat> but I hundred percent agree with you that the Jets roster on paper looks way better, and let's see, hopefully that they can actually beat them for the first time in seven years. And the last time they beat them was that botched coin toss, if you remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah I do. <laughs> All right. Uh, I got one more, and then, Adam, you can run through your last few. Um, I feel like I'm attacking you personally, Adam, and I'm sorry. Um, but this is a lot of people's opinions about this, and I just couldn't get behind this. this. So everyone touts that KC Rams game from, like, 2018 – that 54 to 51 shootout as like the, the greatest best one. Game ever. It's the, best get game the best game ever. And like people just love these shootouts now. I'm sorry, shootouts are boring. No. Whoa. I, I I need to see at least some defense being played. I, I don't want to track me every I don't want to track me for my game. I don't want a <laughs> score every single two minutes and like the defense is getting burned every single play. I don't that I don't find that entertaining. I don't find that captivating. I, I just know, find I agree with a lot of what you just said. I do too. <laughs> I do too, but that being said, um, I I love that game too because I did a parlay bet of like like golf throws three touchdowns and 
Mahomes throws three touchdowns, and also all these people get a thousand bajillion yards, and that actually happened. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I agree with what you said, but I still love that game just because yeah. it was so it felt like a new era almost of like uh a football. It's yeah, I just <laughs> it's just I was so I was so <laughs> bored watching that game. I was like, oh my god, just can Those someone games like are dedicated to the fantasy football leagues it is and oh, i, I don't God. the way the rules are now it's that that's what we're becoming like the average score of the nfl game is like rising incredibly and it's like i don't find that i don't find that fun no. i don't want i don't need more offense in my games i like a good defensive battle sometimes no don't get me wrong i don't want like i don't want yeah. like a like a 310 game every week but like my perfect score for an nfl game is 24 21 that's right. three touchdowns per side, and there you go. There's, you know, I, I think, I think everybody's is, and I, I mean, I would say my perfect score is like thirty-one to twenty-eight. Yeah, that's, yeah, a, that's just a, a little, just a little bit more meat in the scoring, but I don't want. I would one hundred percent take sixty to fifty over three to six. <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I, I find shootouts boring. That, Dude, that's that my... Seattle Arizona Sunday night. See, I found that way more. I found that the greatest game of all. I found that way more entertaining than if they had gone off for sixty points each. Yeah, but that was it was entertaining in the wrong way. It was entertaining because it was sad. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Mister watches horrible movies just because it's funny. (laughs) I do, but it's funny. Hey, 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 man. Uh, But yeah, no, that that's my last one. Shootouts. Shoot, shootouts are Best boring. One. I, I don't like high-scoring games. I, I want defense played. So, All right, Adam, go ahead and run through your, your last few. All right, the last few. I'll do rapid-fire style. Um, Out of all the recent head coaching hires, the most disappointing has been Ron Rivera round two. Ooh. Mm. I am. I, 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 thought, okay. I thought that this team would really take the, take a big step with him. And he did such a great job grooming people under him in Carolina and moving that team up and, and, and building it up. But maybe he doesn't have it anymore. I I don't, I don't know. He, it seems like this, this, this locker room, he can't seem to wrangle like the other ones. Um, And just isn't working. It's just, it was, it ends up, it's a weird hire looking back. I wonder if that team's taken on a personality of someone else. Of the owner in a leadership role, yeah, yeah, it's just it's odd, and it's like, I mean, he seems like he seems like a really good dude, and and to be put in a team that's had that bad a culture, and for this just to not work, it's just like overpowering. Like it, uh, to me, it, it's like if if Mike Tomlin went to somewhere with a bad culture and just like, oh, it, the team he didn't fix it, like he didn't. The, the culture didn't get fixed. Like, oh, it's still a bad, <laughs> bad organization. Had he stayed in Carolina Rivera, him mm-hmm. and Russell Wilson would have been such a great duo there. Yeah. Or, or even if, even if a job opened up and he would have went to New Orleans yeah. or some somewhere else. Like, like I just. It's it, it's a weird fit looking back, and I hope it's I hope it's not his last opportunity. I mean, it's probably not because Lovey Smith is on a seventeenth bajillion job now. Um, but you know, it's it's interesting. Uh, my next one is uh, 
Daniel Jones will have such a good year that he will get, he will become a starter next year too. I don't know if it's for the Giants, but he will be. But he will wow. actually he will actually be good enough and take a take a good enough step under Dable that wow he he will earn himself another opportunity for the first time. You'll be actually like oh wow like he did something this year. Interesting. He replaces your guy Davis Mills. Right. Right. That's not the word. Right. No, and then there, there are there are going to be job openings next year. Are we talking about Detroit? That's going to be a job opening next year, just by default, because of the contract. Like that, like there might Tampa might open up, the Green Bay might open up. We're talking about those guys might move or retire again or get traded or whatever. So um, the Dolphins might open up. They'd love Daniel Jones. It'd be so much fun. They, they do not love <laughs> Daniel Jones. They prefer um, Mr. Jones, the Counting Crows song, to Daniel Jones. Yeah. Um, the next one is the they like people who don't trip over their feet. Yeah. <laughs> um, the next one is the Vikings should just stop trying and, and tear down the whole team. Uh, mm. because they're not going to win right with this team. I know that they hired a new coach, um, but this is – I don't know what the defense – I don't know what happened to the defense over the last five years. It, it It's not there anymore. Um, I don't mind Cousins, but it's they're not going to win the Super Bowl with this current team, and they got too much money in the books. They got to clean a little bit up. And all they really, and I would, I'd be willing to trade any person on that entire team that's not named um, Justin Jefferson mm. at, the, at the current moment because I don't think, I think I'm the second best team in the division by default, and it's not even close. Yeah, yeah. true. <laughs> and so, what kind of drop off am I going to have? I can still, I can still win the, I can still go to the wild card even if I'm not that if I take a little bit of a step back I mean I didn't even make it last year mm-hmm. did, they, did they make it last year no I don't, no no yeah they blew it because they lost to Detroit yeah yeah so that was my and they don't seem to have a direction you're right it's let's keep going with the same group and it's just that's some point, something's got to change. Yeah. 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 Um, and then my last one. This I don't know if this is a hot take or anything. It's just like a another one, like like the the Davis Mills thing. I don't think Atlanta actually wants to start Mariota at all. Like okay. I, I, I think I mean they drafted Ritter. They drafted the most pro ready guy, and I know that this rookie class that no one was clamoring for any of these guys but there's no way that that Arthur Smith who was who was a coach in Tennessee on the staff that benched Mariota is here to just come in and start Mariota on his new uh, on his team when when Arthur Smith's team needs to step up for him to keep his job and and rebuild like this is not the plan it's an interesting argument for sure seeing his like Mariota, really? Like that's it? You know, you could, you could have done anything else. Like, like you got kind of late to the party. You could have, you were in the Watson mix, and you thought you were acting like you could compete right now and get Watson, but then you end up 
kind of settling on somebody we're, we're like not really sure starter kit starter level anymore mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. all right again, again no plan yeah. right no no plan at all they all have right. not had a plan since they lost the super bowl oh yeah it's been downhill ever since yeah all right so that covers our unpopular opinions all right that'll do for this episode of the wishbone shotgun podcast check out this podcast all other podcasts anchor.com check out the website www.thesportsinsanitynetwork.com and for noah trumbly tom russo's adam reader i am mike rifkin you've been listening to the wishbone shotgun podcast part of the sports insanity network have a good night everyone and namaste